Sziasztok minden kinek! Hello everyone, my name is Christine, and I am the host here at the Hungarian Heritage Podcast, the show where we connect your modern life to your Hungarian heritage. We will build bridges between Hungarians who live in Hungary to those with Hungarian heritage who live in all other parts of the world, not to mention the bridges that we will build between the generations. This podcast is a place where everyone is welcome, where you don't even need to be Hungarian or speak Hungarian to join in on the fun. We will talk about all the things that we love about Hungary, the Hungarian people, and the Hungarian culture, as well as the cool things Hungarian people are doing around the world. We will discover new things, review things you may already know, and we will have a lot of fun along the way. So if you're looking to make that first connection to your Hungarian heritage, or you're looking to dig a little deeper, then you're in the right place. Join me as we grow this community and continue to connect the circles of Hungarians around us. Welcome to this episode of the Hungarian Heritage Podcast, the third episode in our series with Annie Almady. She is back to round out this three-part series about the stories, legends, folklore, and history behind many of the commonly visited tourist sites in Budapest and throughout Hungary. So let's get started, and maybe you will hear about some places that you will be putting on your list for your first visit to Hungary, or maybe your next visit. Welcome to this episode with Amy Almadi, and she is back for episode three in her series about stories behind the places that you visit in not only Budapest, but in Hungary as well. So welcome, Amy. Thanks for being here again today. Uh, thank you, Christina. Hi, everybody. Thank you for having me. Okay, mm-hmm. so another tourist myth and legend is a statue of a face of a, a maiden. Tell us about that little legend that if you're walking the streets of Budapest, mm-hmm. now you'll know why she is there. Tell us about that. Yeah, that is the Tukali Street. And there is a beautiful maiden who always staring to the roads. Yeah, that must happen before the, in the First World War. And she was a very young wife of a very young man. And the man was handsome, but he was getting to the army because everybody was getting to the army in the First World War. And she waited to him every night and every day. She went out to the balcony and watched the road when he, when he will came back. But but he not really came back as well. And one day she received a paper from the army which said he passed away during the combat. And she was really devastated. She stayed, She was really sad about it. And she turned into a stone like a real, a real statue. But what she doesn't know uh, her husband not died and he came back he returned after the war and he was also shattered when she, when he find out his beloved wife she became a statue who waited for him long long time day by day night by night and you can see her the maybe the Tokali street if you're going to there and look up the first floor you will see her because she's still in there the balcony and waited for her love Right. So if you walk down that street, Tokali Street, and mm-hmm. you see the maiden, a statue kind of looking out the window, that's why she's looking out because she's waiting yeah. for her long lost love. 
Okay. Mm. It's a very interesting uh, story about this cafe. It was also known as the Artists Cafe. So yes. tell us a little bit about the the legend behind that cafe <laughs> and the artists. Yeah, that was the little bit differently time. Yeah, everybody, when, when the cafeterias became very popular around in Hungary, in Budapest, first of all, the writers started to visit them because it was very interesting. It was very differently than the bars and the pubs, of course. It was so calm. Everybody's able to speak and uh, have got the motivation to write better. So yeah, everybody started to visit it. Artists and also writers later, or maybe painters too, and of course the statue makers or the sculptors. And the Ambesia was differently because only first of all the writers started to visit it later. The later came into the painters the picture, and the owner only asked for not money for the coffee or something, but this person's uh, maybe the literature or something like that, or a poet poem, poet, everything but like that, or a small picture if the painter was the visitor. And yeah, and he asked the the painters, and of course, it was very great because later he was able to sell them. So he started the business and a lots of writers and a lots of painters came in into there. But time by time, a little bit later, they need money. We, of course, everybody's need money, but some people started to store the small paintings from the store and they started to sell it. So the painter started to pointing, as we can see nowadays, on logos or water painting behind it. So, But the painter started to try to make a little bit further to show that is mine. And the owner said, that is not working because you said I need the original. And this one, it is made it worst because I can see your name in there. I doesn't see the, how beautiful is it. And the poetist always signatured it. And they started to and started to argument between the owner and between the painter and between the, the authors. And he said, okay, now I close the doors. You're not in to come in here anymore. And I throw the uh, key into the Danube. And he do that. And the, the literatures and everybody started protesting against him. The, they are sitting there around the, around the cafeteria. Some of them started to paint over the walls. He is a pig. He is hate the authors. He hate everything which is connected to painting. And everybody started to against him. So he changed his mind and made in a new key, reopened the cafeteria. And he said, okay, I will throw again the key into the Danube, but because this time, because I never wanted to close down again. And he do that again. And this is how became the Abbasia is very, very famous. Unfortunately, the Second World War, of course, destroyed it as well. And everything which is made by these authors and poetries lost or some people stole it and sold it later. Sold it later, yeah, of course, for money. But right. yeah, Abedia is well there. The original one nearby to the octagon. And okay. you will re- you will be able to reach the from through the octagon a little bit closer to the nowadays octagon uh, station by the tram four or six. As I remember now, that uh, that building is only now maybe the bank, Bank okay. of Raiffeisen or OTP, something like that. 
So yeah, there was the original one, but it lost. A lot of building which was used by people like him was sold during the socialism. <laughs> and that's that's an episode for another time, right? <laughs> yeah. We've just hit the tip of the iceberg with stories <laughs> and tourist sites. But something that's very important to Hungarian history that I've even discussed in a different episode about Hungarian embroidery and the embroidery on the clothing. There's actually legends behind how Hungary received this embroidery or why it has become so famous and an important yeah. part of the culture. So there is a little bit of legend behind the Kalocha embroidery and how it was yeah. introduced to Hungary. So I think everybody's going to love this story. Tell us about that, Amy. All right. Yeah, that one is a lovely story. It is almost like a folk tale. Yeah, uh, once upon a time, let's start it with this because this is like that. But <laughs> right, so right. once upon a time, there was a very young maiden who was very loved, who was loved with a very handsome man, and they got married and they lived together very peacefully and happily inside a little cottage nearby to the woods. And it was winter time when the young man said and told he told his little wife. He need to go to the woods and cut some firewood because there is not enough in the, inside the house. And his wife said, "It's okay, but be careful with and be careful and be and be always look after him." So he went out and he doesn't know, but the devil also was there, and he really liked his wife because the devil also looked like the very kind and lovely girls and. He's shown up for the man and kidnapped him. And the woman waited for him uh, maybe one or two days and she went to the woods and the devil shown up to her and told her, I kidnapped your man. And if you only want to him back, you need to give me maybe a lot of bucket of beautiful flowers. As you remember, this is this is winter time. So there is no flowers, not anymore, nothing, nothing colorful thing, maybe just now. And the, the young maiden is turned to home and started to think, first of all, she cried out her eyes, of course, but then she started to thinking. She had a beautiful white petticoat and a beautiful white uh, April. And um, she started to think she had got very beautiful threads around the house. So she started to swing. And the next day, because the devil said she had only two days to get the flowers, the next day she also worked from morning until night. And the second day she went back to the woods. And the devil waited for her. And he then he told her, Now, where is my flowers? And the young woman just shown her beautiful petticoat, which was never white again, and her apron because it was embroidered beautiful flowers and they were colorful flowers and of course and then lots of lots of shades around it there and the devil was shattered and he said that is cheating that is not that one but the woman told these are flowers you not said they need to be alive flowers so I need my man back and the devil said okay you get me because these are flowers of course it is so yeah, and he got back to the man and the woman received back him and they went to back to the cottage and she started to teach her children to the embroidery and these flowers and it is inherited around in Hungary. This is the Kalocha's embroidery story. <laughs>
I love that story because I feel like when people look at all the examples of embroidery and, you know, you could go to even into the tourist shops and so many things that have embroidery or prints of embroidery. And, you know, even in like the American culture and fashion, you see embroidery and you know, it's coming from Hungary and these, you know, Eastern European countries. So it's interesting to know that there is like a little legend behind how Hungary received, you know, the embroidery because the devil stole the woman's love. The Gerbo Cafe, which is a very famous cafe that many, many tourists visit. And there's a little bit of like a folklore legend with the waiters and, you know, ladies that were trying to, you know... Right? A little bit of love yes. situation. So tell us about that, Amy. Yeah, that one is, yeah, the Gerbo Cafeteria. You can find in the Vörösmarty Square, which is the Metro Line 1. And there is the Christmas market, which is very famous around in Europe. So there is the Gerbo Cafeteria. In the old times, says, but I think it is alive nowadays, the elder women, the madams, the real dames, and not like madams from the bottles, so the normal madams went to there and chit-chat in the stable. And if a very young and handsome man or a young boy came into the cafeteria and sit down to a table and order something for it himself, the dams and the madams always trying to check to him. And if somebody says to the other, he's very handsome and uh, she wanted so a little bit more at uh, maybe a little bit more care for him, they started to order gerbo cake, because this is a cake, a piece of cake for him and sent by the waiter and told the waiter, you get this gerbo from those beautiful elder ladies. And the <laughs> ladies wanted some attention, a little bit more care for from the young boy for uh, for paying this little cake. <laughs> a little bit of love legends going on yeah. <laughs> at the, uh, the Gerbo Cafe. I did read too that there are people that are aware of this legend and mm-hmm. sometimes, and I might be wrong, but I read that they would turn their spoons up different ways to get the attention mm-hmm. to, of people. Yeah. Well, the noble women know the fan language, the language of the fan, yes. and we know the language of the spoon. <laughs> exactly. So be careful if you go to visit the Gerbo Cafe, be careful which way you put your spoon, I guess, mm-hmm. on the plate. Definitely need to do a little more research um, on that before I go there to make sure yes. I don't put my spoon <laughs> exactly. in the wrong position. I feel like we've really just touched upon some of the places because there's such rich history in Budapest, but there's such a wealth of information that we could continue talking about. But I think if people go back to Hungary or if they're, you know, looking at their pictures now, they have a little bit more of an understanding of why things are, you know, things aren't just made to make them. There's usually symbolism Mm. behind those. So I feel like it would have been difficult to fit in all the great stories that you and I have talked about. And I look forward to talking to you more um, about additional episodes that we already have in the works of things we're going to talk about. So thank you so much, Amy. I appreciate it. And um, thanks so much for being here today. Thank you. And I also appreciate it by this time. Thank you so much.
And that's it for this episode of the Hungarian Heritage Podcast with Amy Almady. Thanks for joining me today, and I hope you enjoyed all of the history and folklore that Amy had to share with us during this three-part series. Stay tuned because Amy and I have some fun topics we will be discussing in the future. For now, I know that I learned a few things from Amy, and I hope that you did too. Don't forget to check the show notes for this episode to find out how you can connect with Amy Almady. If you have feedback or questions about today's episode or you would like to connect with me at the podcast, you will also find my email, social media information, and podcast website in the show notes. If you've enjoyed this episode and you're interested in learning more about this Hungarian heritage community that we are building, please don't hesitate to reach out. I would love to hear from you. Our theme music is Hungarian Dance by Pony Music, used with special license from Envato Market. Thanks again for listening, and don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to your podcast so we can continue to connect our modern lives with our Hungarian heritage and grow this Hungarian heritage community. Until next time, goodbye everyone. Sziasztok minden kinek!